Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to talk with Carla today. She's another registered dietitian, but she specializes in vegan nutrition for kids. And she's also a mom of a little girl who is being raised vegan. And I just think that she is going to, I know she's going to provide so much value. So if you are raising your kids vegan or thinking about raising your kids vegan, or maybe you know someone who's raising their kids vegan or thinking about it, definitely share this episode with them and point them in Carla's direction because she is a wealth of information. So welcome to the show, Carla. Hi, thanks Ashley for having me here and be able to speak to others about truly my passion when it comes to helping families raise their kids on a vegan diet. Yes. Well, to answer sort of like the commonly asked question is, can a child be raised on a vegan diet and still be healthy? Yeah, that is a question that comes up very often. And typically it stems from those who may not be aware about a vegan diet or also just have, you know, preconceptions that a vegan diet may not be healthy for a growing child. And so it's perfectly normal to have concerns and questions around that. But the simple answer is yes, a vegan diet is nutritionally adequate for an infant, a child, and any others thereafter in the life cycle. And I'm not just saying that because I specialize in vegan nutrition for kids or because I'm raising my daughter on such a lifestyle, but it's actually a diet that is supported by many health organizations. One of those, which happens to be the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, a vegan diet is perfectly safe. It's healthy and it supports the growth and development of a child. Yeah. And how did this journey start for you and your daughter, who, since we've talked, I know has been vegan since birth, since conception. Yeah. How did that journey start for you all? Well, ever since my husband and I started talking about having a family, and just to give you a little bit of background, my husband actually became vegan when we were dating, which I feel very grateful that, you know, he supports such a lifestyle. And so we talked about having kids and raising them on the same lifestyle and really instilling the value of compassion for our kids. And so that's really where it began in terms of choosing to raise my daughter on a vegan diet. And when it came to the brand that I have now, Vegan Kids Nutrition, that was something that stemmed just from me posting photos of what I fed my daughter on social media. And I just kept hearing a lot of misinformation from those outside of the vegan community that I was ignorant. I was a bad parent for choosing to raise my daughter on such a diet. And I also kept hearing the lack of support from parents who were choosing to raise their kids on a vegan diet. And so Because of that, I decided to really be a resource, not just for parents who needed support, but also 
to bring awareness that a vegan diet is perfectly safe and nutritionally adequate for kids. Yeah. And I'm sure as a parent, and if you're listening and and you're, you can relate to what Carla's saying, I'm sure it can feel very isolating to raise your kids vegan. And also, you know, a lot of judgment may be coming from friends or family, or maybe even your medical provider, which can be really challenging. I'm sure. Definitely. And that's something that you will hear from many parents feeling judged of choosing this lifestyle and not having support from their healthcare provider, which, you know, as a healthcare provider ourselves, it seems a little bit unethical that others, other healthcare providers aren't providing that support or at least a resource for parents who choose to want to raise their kids on a vegan diet. And I think, you know, many of us who are raising our kids vegan, we do experience those. I experienced that myself when it came to telling my own family that I was going to raise my daughter vegan. And many disagreed of my choice. And it was hard at first to really understand that concept of them not being on board. But at the same time, I felt confident in my choice. And I knew that this was something that I wanted to do. And so that's something that I share with other parents too, that if they feel strongly about their choice, that yes, it can be difficult and almost bring fear to speak about it. But at the same time, if it's something that they feel proud of, they can go ahead and speak about it because I think that's going to be very helpful in moving forward in this journey. Yeah. And it sounds like it's also helpful for you to kind of work through some of those, I mean, comments or questions that come from other people is just kind of going back to, well, this really aligns with me and my family and how I'm choosing to raise again, my family, not this other person's family <laughs> yes. uh, and working through some of those challenges that arise. Yeah. And then I wouldn't say it's easy. I've definitely had to learn, you know, to, to learn how to go about those challenges. Um, but at the same time, it's something that once I stay true to my values, I haven't looked back since, and I've been able to more confidently speak about it, not just for myself, but for others too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll put everything, um, if you want to get in contact with Carla, we'll put everything in the show notes because she does just have such a great resource, not just on her Instagram page, but with so many other things that she's doing um, with, you know, weaning your child to a vegan diet, which I think is really neat. And then also to, you know, your own podcast and a lot of uh, a cookbook, which is incredible too, a lot of great resources, which we'll link below so that you can um, check those out. Because I think something that I've noticed in the clients that I work with, and I'm sure that you've noticed too, is it's so helpful to have that supportive community when maybe you don't have it immediately with family or friends nearby. It's helpful to have at least that online supportive community to help you through that oh, process. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. I completely agree with that. And as you mentioned earlier, it can feel a little bit isolating in terms of going through this alone. And, you know, many families that are technically going through this alone, especially in other areas of the world where a vegan diet isn't just isn't heard of or isn't supported um, in certain countries. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
So what we're going to do is answer some common questions that arise. Maybe you have them um, that I've heard that Carla's heard many times over. So we're going to answer some of those common questions, but if there's something that we don't get to or don't answer, definitely feel free to reach out to Carla or even just kind of peruse her social media, because like I said, there's a lot of information on there that'll be really helpful for you. But one common question that I get, and I refer people to Carla all the time because I don't mm -hmm. specialize in vegan kids nutrition is it just, it feels really overwhelming to feed my child vegan, especially for parents who are maybe transitioning themselves. And it's like, well, how do I also introduce new foods to my kid or also, you know, get them to eat a bit more vegan. And it's like, where do I start? Cause it's, it can be a very overwhelming process. Yes, it can. And, you know, just speaking from my own experience, uh, when I transitioned to a more plant-based diet or vegan diet, it can be overwhelming to know where to start. And for those families who are just starting out in their transition, I would recommend to just start where they're at. If it's something that, you know, they want to reduce uh, meat consumption, and that's a perfect way to start, even if it's just one meal a week, or if they introduced other plant sources one day a week, it's a perfect way to begin their transition. And it's not so much about making this a fast journey in terms of getting to where they want to be. Definitely taking their own time, their own pace, and gradually um, transitioning on what feels most comfortable to them and to their family. And also uh, from the child's perspective, because if a family is transitioning to a vegan diet when their children are, let's say, five or eight years old, it can be more of a challenge for them to transition because they've already learned um, a different eating pattern. And so understanding from a child's perspective that it, it's going to take time and having that patience and understanding will help through the transition. So that's, that would be my number one recommendation to just start where they're at, start with what feels comfortable, if that's reducing meat consumption once a week, or even just adding one new plant food a week, and also considering the child's comfort level to, to want to make the transition with them. Because I've seen many kids just having resistance <laughs> to this new lifestyle and new way of eating. And that's perfectly normal and typical for a child to, to show. But when parents understand that the child just needs time and also being more of an, in a partnership with them to learn what plant foods to bring to the home for them to try, the transition just feels a little bit more enjoyable for all. Yeah. I like that you use the word partnership. It's like, you're almost bringing them on board to kind of, again, you guys are all doing the transition together and they're part of that process as well and getting their feedback kind of along the way. It sounds like that would be really helpful, especially for the older kids. Exactly. Yeah. For the older kids, I think having that partnership um, and having them being more involved would be helpful, whether that's, you know, going to the grocery store together and picking one food item that they want to try. That's a perfect way to start for them, at least for the kids. Yeah. Which that kind of brings up a good question too. Let's say the family is transitioning to more plant-based or what would be the kind of a question there is, well, can I feed my child what I'm eating? You know, whether they're a few years old or like you said, a little bit older, like five or eight, um, yeah. can they also eat what I eat? 
That is a great question. And it's something that comes up very often with clients I work with. And yes, some of the meals will just have to have certain modifications to make them appropriate and safe for them to consume. But you don't have to prepare a different meal for your child. If anything, I've worked with many vegan parents who are doing that and meal planning just seems more overwhelming to them because they have to think about what to make for the child. And then they have to think what to make for the rest of the family members. And that can be a lot of work when it comes to being in the kitchen. And so, yes, everyone can eat the same meal together as a family. It may just need certain modifications when it comes to serving them to your child. So for example, when my daughter started solids, if I was making I don't know what's an example, farable, which includes, you know, farro, um, sweet potatoes and chickpeas, and then uh, a tahini dressing. And so I would make my bowl, but then during the time that I was preparing that meal, I would cut the sweet potatoes in a more finger-like shape to make them more appropriate for my daughter. And then I would form the farro into a ball and sort of add some nut butter to hold the farro together so that she will be able to hold it and bring it to her mouth. And so it's all about finding ways to modify the food to make it appropriate for the child. But life is just is a little bit easier when everyone else can can eat the same the same meal. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good example of like, yes, you can still eat the same types of foods, but it's, it's helpful to kind of like what you said, adjust things a little bit, tweak maybe how the food is presented. So it's a bit more manageable for the child to be able to eat it. And like you said, pick it up and all those types of things, yeah. bring it to their mouths. Yeah. 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 And, you know, sort of going on a tangent here, but um, talking about the same meal, oftentimes a question that comes up with parents is that, well, I serve the same meal, but my child doesn't want to eat it. And that is very typical for kids. You know, kids want familiar foods. They want to eat what feels comfortable and familiar to them. And so one thing I would say to that is serve the same meal, but understand that your child may need a few exposures to learn to like that food. So it could take five, 10, 20, even 50 times for them to even see that food to say, okay, now I'm ready to try that food. And so if, if, and when that time comes, it can feel a little frustrating (laughs) that the child is not eating the same meal as you, but I would encourage you not to make another meal or not to prepare something else for the child, because then it it becomes a habit for them. And so just staying calm and learning that it may take some time for the child to learn to like those foods and want to try it. It's just something to keep in mind when it comes to mealtimes. Okay. So that's good to know. So if a child, let's say a parent caregiver is listening and like, well, my child, you know, has said no to this a couple of times. It sounds like the suggestion is, well, maybe keep trying. And eventually they might say yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just takes time and in a lot of exposures in different ways, whether that's flavoring it differently, presenting it differently for the child to become familiar to that food and be willing to want to try it and eventually eat it. 
Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. And a common question, it was kind of along the same lines is, you know, my child doesn't really like variety or they're used to eating the same things. And so that kind of answers that question of just like, you know, keep trying as a parent, as a caregiver, keep presenting the food, maybe in different ways. And eventually that child more than likely will say yes, or we'll give it a try. Yeah. It's not, you know, perfect science because some kids may have anxiety around food, or they may have certain texture aversions. And so those kids may need a little bit more help um, in a different approach to trying foods. But for the typical child, it just takes time for them to, to want to try certain foods. I mean, I've shared my own story about my daughter not liking lentils, and it took almost two years for her to actually want to try it. And the trick was simply trying a different flavor. And that's how she was able to, to try lentils. And now she, now she eats it. And so it's all about finding ways to help them try those foods. And also as a parent, sort of taking a step back and being patient with them uh, to want to try those foods when they are ready, because so much of the time we feel frustrated that they're not trying it, they're not eating it. And we just want to make sure that they get those nutrients in. And so as a parent, I completely understand those feelings. At the same time, learning about child development, I've learned that children will want to try those foods when they are ready. And our role is to serve those foods and allow them to become familiar with them. Yeah. I think that's great. You're kind of there as a a guide in a way of continuing to uh, I'll put quotes around fight the good fight of like continuing to present <laughs> these foods over and over again until you're exactly right, they, they become more familiar and eventually kind of like Camilla it took a couple of years but she ended up trying the lentils yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well and, and you brought up a really good point about nutrients I know that's a, a lot of parents a lot of caregivers have that question of like well how do I know that my child mm-hmm. is getting everything that they need from a vegan diet. Cause you know, I've heard from this person or that person that it might not be adequate enough, which we've sort of already covered that at the beginning, but what kind of things maybe do you recommend just things that maybe parents can keep in mind, um, to not obviously stress about, but also to just making sure that their child is getting everything that they need. Yeah. It, it can be a little bit concerning to not know whether they are meeting their nutrient needs, especially when the child eats quote unquote, not enough. And so to us, it may not be like it's enough for them, but to the child, you know, when they are in tune with their own appetite and they know what, you know, how much food they, they need to, to be satiated, that's how we know that our children are meeting what they need. And so a lot of the times I tell parents that when you add variety to the meals, you know, from grains legumes, uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. When you add those, uh, those foods to the diet and you ensure that there are different types of foods at each meal, you are more likely to have your child meet those nutrient needs because you're adding variety to throughout the day. And so, yeah, it, it can be concerning when the child doesn't eat a certain food at a meal most of the time parents feel like, well, they didn't eat their chickpeas. And so now they're not getting their protein. And that's a perfectly valid feeling. And yes, it may be true. They didn't eat their chickpeas. And so they didn't eat their protein that for that meal. 
But there's other opportunities throughout the day where that nutrient requirement can be met. So if they didn't eat their chickpeas at, you know, during lunchtime, well, maybe at snack, we can offer um, some hummus and pretzels uh, for them to meet that requirement. And so it's all about finding variety throughout the, throughout the day, but also finding meals that, and snacks that the child is willing to eat to, to ensure that those nutrients are met. And at the end of the day, if, you know, they didn't eat anything, then at least a daily multivitamin would bring a little bit of comfort to us to, to know that they're meeting those nutrient requirements. Mm, I like that kind of having a supplement, uh, supplemental force there if needed, yeah. when needed to make you exactly. feel a little bit better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I like too, that you almost talked about like almost zooming out and looking at the day as a whole, or kind of on a day-to-day basis as a whole versus maybe being so hyper-focused on one particular meal. Yes. I I'm glad that you brought that up because it's something that we often talk about when it comes to client sessions where, you know, we, at least from a parent's perspective, we focus on solely one meal and sometimes even one particular food at that meal. But a lot of the times, if we take the time to step back and sort of see a bird's eye view of the day and even the week, we see that our child is actually eating more variety than we thought. (laughs) And so taking that perspective can help in knowing that our child is meeting um, their key nutrients. Yeah. Gives you a bit more peace of mind. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another common question and one that I definitely get a lot, and I'm sure you do too, is your cow's milk is generally recommended for kids at a certain age. What milk, if you know, a parent or caregiver is listening and they're like, well, I don't want to feed my child cow's milk. What milk do you typically recommend as a substitute there? The plant milk that I recommend and that is recommended is an unsweetened fortified soy milk. And many parents often feel concerning that introducing soy will, um, and I'm sure you get this question a lot from clients, that it might lead to feminization in boys or breast cancer. And while all of those things are valid and concerning, um, you know, there's research showing that the intake of soy in children, especially when it's introduced at an early age, actually has protective benefits um, later on, like reducing their risk of breast cancer. And there's no evidence to show that soy when consumed for boys actually leads to feminization or quote unquote, um, man boobs, as some would say. Mm -hmm. And so soy milk would be, um, the number one plant milk that is recommended primarily because other plant milks just lack the nutrients for children. And so soy milk has a more, an overall better nutritional profile when it comes to the ratio of protein, carbohydrates, fat, and also iron. I know a lot of parents often prefer almond milk. And while that's perfectly okay to offer in their overall diet as a primary beverage, it's not the best approach to offer to kids because it does lack some protein and overall carbohydrates. And so Soy milk is the number one choice. Thank you for answer, answering that question. It's a very, it's a very popular one. It is. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Well, Carla, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. If 
there was a question that we maybe didn't quite get to or answer, or people just want more information, uh, where is the best place that they can either reach out to you or go find some incredible resources that you have? My website, which is www.vegankidsnutrition.com. I have blog posts with articles providing support on feeding kids vegan and also a podcast where I share a little bit more of my philosophy and guidance for parents as well, particularly to some of the topics we discussed today. And also my Instagram page, that's where I hang out often, uh, which is at vegan.kids.nutrition. Yes. Yes. If you, or if you know someone who could just use some extra support or extra guidance, um, definitely point them in Carla's direction. Cause like I said, she's just got a lot of great resources and she's so transparent about her journey and her daughter's journey on her social media pages, um, which I think is really, really beneficial. So Carla, thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you and share some insight with parents. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.